Good morning. You will probably be familiar with the fact that we're towards the end of a series uh, from from First Peter, and that one of the real themes of this series is that Peter is presenting countercultural ideas about the way the Christian person lives, and I would say very relevant countercultural ideas for us as we live in Australia at the moment. To some extent, the Bible emphasises how much God cares for us, particularly when we're in trouble, particularly when uh, things are not working very well, that there is a God who loves and cares for us and is on our side. And, and that's absolutely crucial that we get that because that's what makes a difference in our, our living. I'm talking today from 1 Peter 5 and just the first seven verses and the emphasis is complementary to that. It's actually an emphasis that says when you have influence, when you are a leader, there is a different way to approach those opportunities and responsibilities from the way the world would actually express to you that that should be undertaken. And, and I believe that in some senses this is almost the deepest part of counterculturalism that Christianity offers for us today. I'm going to read the passage from two versions, but before that I just want to remind you about Peter's journey in leadership. I've expressed before that in the introduction to First um, Peter, Eugene Peterson says that there, and he speaks as a, um, a scholar, uh, uh, a biblical scholar, uh, he says there's no doubt that Peter was the most influential leader in the early church. It seems even from the gospel records that um, Peter took uh, a leadership amongst the disciples, sometimes with um, James and John, and even that Jesus chose Peter on, Peter out. Peter, James and John had some special privileges. But Peter's experience of leadership, as we see it in, in the Gospels, is very mixed. Um, he's courageous, he takes risks, but he also nearly drowns except for Jesus reaching out and grabbing hold of him, he was down. <laughs> he was amongst the two disciples who had the courage to, at a distance, follow Jesus when he was on trial into Pilate's palace. And you know that um, he got in, but then he actually denied, he lied. He said he didn't even know Jesus. So in his leadership and his courage and his willingness to take risks, he failed. And then maybe 30 years later, certainly 25 to 30 years later, 
we find this same person who had been brash and outspoken and rough in some ways, a kind of A-type leadership model, has mellowed incredibly. And his idea of leadership seems to have um, not only been different from his society, but it has changed significantly him as a person through the work of the Spirit of God within him. So he writes letters that are pastoral. I think that's a miracle in itself. I'm not sure that when Peter was a disciple, he was all that pastoral. He was the gung-ho kind of guy who was up front. That doesn't mean that there's any essential contradiction between being up front or being extroverted or being outgoing as a leader, but often pastoral care does not figure really highly. In addressing this whole area of leadership, I want to say a couple of things very quickly. And Again, I may have said these before, I can't remember, but one is um, leadership is encouraged in the New Testament. I think it's encouraged in the whole of the Bible, but particularly 1 Timothy 3, where Paul says, um, if you have a calling or a desire to be a leader, that's a good thing. And I think that encouragement actually extends beyond the leadership in the church to any leadership that a person would be privileged to be able to undertake. The second is just to remind us that we are probably all leaders. So I'm not just talking to a few people here today. If you have influence over anybody in their lives or have had, you are a leader. If you are a grandparent, you are a leader. Because what a marvellous opportunity. No responsibility, all privilege. <laughs> That's an incredible leadership opportunity. If you are a parent, you are a leader. Inevitably, there are people following you as a leader. So it doesn't just mean that we have a designated leadership role in order to clarify the fact that this is an important issue for, I would say, all of us. How do we handle it when we have some opportunity for influence, maybe even some power in any particular situation? I want to read uh, the passage just from the two versions, as I mentioned, and please bear with me. I, I think it's worth this because I'll just draw out um, in a few minutes some particular parts of each of these passages. So first of all, from um, the uh, NIV translation, the first seven verses of 1 Peter 5. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. 
All of you, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Some beautiful passages that you're probably very aware of in there. Now from the message translation, this is just a different way of expressing and in my understanding sometimes it just makes the meaning very applicable to me today. I have a special concern for you church elders. I know it's like what it's like to be a leader in on Christ's sufferings as well as the coming glory. Here's my concern that you care for God's flock with all the diligence of a shepherd, not because you have to, but because you want to please God, not calculating what you can get out of it, but acting spontaneously, not bossily telling others what to do, but tenderly showing them the way. When God, who is the best shepherd of all, comes out in the open with his rule, he'll see that you've done it right and commend you lavishly. And you who are young must follow your leaders. But all of you, leaders and followers alike, are to be down to earth with each other. For God has had it with the proud, but takes delight in just plain people. So be content with who you are and don't put on airs. God's strong hand is on you. He'll promote you at the right time. Live carefree before God. He is most careful with you. That's incredibly poignant in many respects. I want to make three brief points about Christian leadership and they come out of um, this passage. The first is, as Peter expresses, that the essence of effective influence and leadership is care and pastoral care. It's basically about relationships. And this is an amazing turnaround for Peter that he has, through his time with Jesus and the work of the Spirit within him, he is saying it's basically who we are, even before our giftedness or what we do, that will determine the effectiveness of our leadership. And that even if you think about commercial leadership, There's something really profound about the idea that it's about culture and relationships. It's about caring that will actually allow results and goals to be met. Uh, I mentor a leader who is and has been the CEO for about 10 years of uh, Compassion, Tim Hanna. And I've known Tim for a long time. And uh, Tim's a very good leader and he's been involved in lots of uh, effective church ministry. But Tim's major gifting in one sense is who he is and his pastoral care for those who are with him. I actually delight in the fact that um, Compassion have had the best two years of their whole existence, the last two years, and I think it's primarily about culture. It's about people being affirmed 
and cared for and loved and therefore producing the best. And I would like to say to our culture, leadership is primarily about relationships and about caring for one another and about culture. When we were ministering in Melbourne a long time ago, one of the people who was in the congregation, John Bailey, uh, was a very accomplished person. He had a, a doctorate in business. He was lecturing in business management and leadership at one of the uh, Melbourne universities. He had been the CEO of a significant commercial venture and had stepped out of that to begin his own consultancy so that he was now a consultant to um, other leaders and to, in some cases, multinational companies. And on one occasion, I was talking to him about what he'd been doing and so forth and he just said to me, oh, um, not so long ago I went to a, um, it was a pretty high-flying um, conference about leadership and about um, commercial success. He said, you'll never guess what was the major theme of that conference. I said, no. What? He said, it was all about pastoral care. He said, I paid big money to go <laughs> to that conference and this was a guru and he was basically saying it's about pastoral care. Leadership, influencing other people is having good, caring, loving, gracious, truthful relationships. He said, not long after that, I was with the CEO of a multinational company in uh, his office in Melbourne and I shared with him what I'd learned at the conference. And he said to me, oh, John, you've got to tell the rest of our leaders about that. Um, I would love you to go to New York and London and share with the CEOs there what you're telling me now. And John said, I said, oh, well, I could probably fit that in in about two months' time. He said, no, no, you need to go right now and I will fly you first class with your own um, food provider you can stay in five or six or seven-star hotels. You've got to get that message to our key leaders. Can you believe that? It was about pastoral care. It was about influencing others because of our care for them and our service to them. The second point, and uh, Peter brings this out clearly but succinctly, and you can get a feel for what's behind this. He says, basically, leadership is at a price. There is suffering. It's not all glamour and glitz. If you are a leader and you are a leader with integrity, at some stages it is more than likely that there will be difficulty or opposition or even the responsibility might get too hard. And this is, I'm talking about parenthood as well as any other structured kind of leadership role. 
Peter knew that so well. Peter was in that hall when Jesus was being interrogated. He was around the area when Jesus was being abused and whipped and spat on. The one whom he'd come to follow as master was being humiliated. Peter himself had gone through some significant difficulties and the tradition is that Peter was crucified upside down for his faith at some stage. This doesn't mean that we become um, suspicious that if you are in any leadership role then you will suffer but just to recognise there is a cost of leadership and therefore there is the need for resources to match that cost. Peter had seen Jesus under incredible pressure show great dignity. But more than dignity, he actually committed his mother to the care of one of his disciples when he was in in extreme agony. He prayed for forgiveness for the people who were putting him brutally to death. Pastoral care for other people had been demonstrated by Jesus in the midst of the cost of leading. I've on several occasions found um, the cost of being a designated leader almost um, unbearable and I think I've shared with you uh, previously that um, on two or three occasions when I was at the college, Marg and I had a discussion about whether I would just resign because it was too hard. And together we sensed that God was saying, go deeper in order to be able to go further. There is a cost of serving because that's actually what leadership is about. There's a beautiful passage and, and uh, this is from one of my favourite sections of, of Romans that I'd just like to read um, to you uh, briefly when I can find it. <laughs> I'm sure I've got it here. Is it up, the Romans passage? Okay. Um, let, me, let me just uh, read it from the screen. Those of you, those of us, those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what is most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people. Thank you. Each one of us needs to look after the needs of, after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? That's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make it easy for himself by avoiding people's troubles, but waded right in and helped out. I took on the troubles of the troubled is the way scripture puts it. Even if it was written in in scripture long ago, you can be sure it's written for us. God wants the combination of his steady constant calling and warm personal counsel in scripture 
to come to characterise us, keeping us alert for whatever he will do next. May our dependable, steady, warmly personal God develop maturity in you so that you get along with each other as well as Jesus gets along with us all. Then we'll all, then we'll be a choir, not our voices only, but our very lives singing in harmony in a stunning anthem to the God and Father of our Master. So reach out and welcome one another to God's glory. Jesus did it, now you do it. Did you get that? Strength is for service, not status. In order to be able to serve others, we need to be very secure in who we are. And that's not about our position. That's not about a hierarchy. That's not about even a designated role. That's about us being able to dig deeper and be part of the answer of influencing other people by love and grace very, very positively. And the third area is one that might not have occurred to you very often, but um, Peter is wanting us to live deeply in who we are in God and be secure in that and be content in that, not judge ourselves by our positions. I actually believe the Bible defines leadership in functional ways, not positional ways, not hierarchical ways. And therefore we can be humble people who actually are secure about it without having to live our lives almost yearning for the next step in order to make us happy. Um, I love that passage as it's translated towards the end of our passage today where Peterson says, God will promote you at the right time. If only I had lived deeply in that much more in my life and my designated leadership role. God will promote you at the right time. You know, there's a Peter principle that says you can be promoted to the level of your incompetence. In other words, if we're yearning for power just for power's sake, it may undo us. It may actually be the worst thing that could happen to us to get to the top of the tree because life could become very, very hard or unmanageable. It is about who we are and about a God who knows who we are. Uh, I need to confess that on more than one occasion, I think I've got a bit beyond myself and thought, you know, I'd love, I'd love to have this particular role or whatever. And uh, it, it eats away at you if it doesn't happen and you begin to doubt yourself in some way and this passage is saying it's not about what position you have and whatever you do, don't always be looking to be higher up the tree because God has in control what's best for you and he'll look after you. He'll promote you at the right time. Mark and I have just been on holidays and we had a discussion about a time uh, probably 20 years ago now where... Um, a local church, when I was at the college as leader, a local church came and asked me, would I, would, I, would I be their pastor? 
or would I consider being their pastor? Um, they didn't ask me to be their pastor. And uh, that's always been something that's deep within me. I'm a pastor. Um, I love teaching and I love the education and the equipping, but I'm primarily a pastor. And, and, and I thought, oh, wouldn't it be terrific if I, could, uh, uh, if I could lead the college, but I could also lead a local church? Well, it didn't work out. There was a little bit of skullduggery um, that wasn't very straightforward. And on occasions I thought, oh, why wasn't I able to go back and be in a local church? And Marg and I came to the conclusion that it would have undone me. I wouldn't have coped. The church was not easy. The college was not easy. Thank you, Lord. You protected me. That he oversees in a way that knows what's good for us. And, and this whole idea of contentment, godliness with contentment in 1 Timothy 6 is great gain. Godliness with contentment. So that the ambition that we have, and there's nothing wrong with godly ambition, is actually within the context of God's overall care for us and he will, he's for us. And he wants best for us. So we trust him to guide us in every area of our lives, including the areas of leadership. And then right at the end, and this is um, profound, but you might, you might predict it, Peter comes back to the whole area of pastoral care and God's care for us. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. So that this message of not living in anxiety is not only for those who are in trouble, as it were, or struggling. This is also for those who have some influence, who have some opportunity, for whom life might be opening up and for for us to recognise very significantly that unless it's in the care of God and under the sovereignty of God that we trust him, there will be anxiety. And the message translation of that says, live carefree before God because he cares for you. Live carefree before God no matter where we are or what we're doing, that who we are in God allows us to recognise a strong sense of security so that we can move forward and be proactive but be humble servants at the heart of who we are. Can we pray together? Father, thank you so much for your spirit in us, allowing us, as you did in Peter, just to become a humble servant and that actually that will allow us to lead, to be influencers, to be your colours and your flavours. I pray that you will help us in any designated roles of leadership that we are in today or tomorrow, that you will, recognize, that you will help us to recognise and live that strength is for service, not status. That you will help us, Father, to actually be for those around us in ways that actually enjoy them being promoted above us. 
because we're secure in your love and grace. In Jesus' name, amen.